neurodiversity time here again 10 a.m uh greenwich mean time uk uh, every single week linkedin youtube facebook we got our life everywhere you can't get enough of us right oh you have too much too much much there too much either way we're there we're we're turning up whether you want us not you missed us last week because there was a very special event going on um adhd foundation neurodiversity charity was doing an incredible event i missed it because i had to um do something for my daughter and it was tricky i couldn't shift it but that is the reality of life right that's what kind of happened but everybody else had a great time so i kind of enjoyed all the images and pictures but if you missed us that was why but let's get on with the conversation today we are blessed privileged really happy to have lee chambers uh join us today and lee like you just go and find him on linkedin and he is smashing one glass ceiling after the next he is uh he is smashing it generally um i love his content um and it, i got to meet him recently as part of a linkedin creator piece of work as well which was amazing lee oh, you've got the floor tell people who you are what you do if they don't already know hey morning Come. Good morning, everyone. So, yeah, Lee Chambers, uh, run a workplace wellbeing business. Before that, ran a tech business, psychology by background, uh, live in the Northwest, very broad. Uh, but, yeah, always kind of pushing back against challenges, always trying to build some awareness, but turn that awareness into action. And, yeah, just uh, ready to rock it with you this morning. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And look great to hear you. So one of the things we're trying to do in this community, and there's lots of people are turning up, so have a good morning to you all. It's lovely to hear, see you put things in the chat, is really to think about our well-being, all of our well-being. You know, we are a community, and one of the things I see, and it worries me at night at the moment, there's lots of things that worry me at night, but one of this is we're great and enthusiastic, you know, like, and then I see people going, you know, so that burnout. So we go enthusiastic. We say yes to everything, and then burnout. What do you think? Your what's your experience of that and supporting you know people and then actually everybody chip in what your experience is well because it does worry me how we ensure that we look after each other. You know. Yeah, I mean it's it's such an important point and something that I obviously have like personal experience of, but also mm. from the wider yeah. community too. Mm. And fundamentally, we are pushing back against the system that has been built around a typical world, mm. and that means we already face a level of resistance uh, that we kind of live with, and a level of inequality that exists mm. within our everyday. So it, the institutions that are supposed to protect us, the education system that's supposed to teach us, you know, we face resistance in all of those, which kind of weathers against our own well-being just yeah. subtly over time yeah. um, and then add to some of the challenges that we can have if we look at the statistics we know that well-being within the neurodivergent community it's scoring just just over two out of five like it's, it's very really challenging really very hard. very challenging uh Ooh. well-being reported scores and obviously incidence and precedence in the community is really high too I mean, we need to support each other. Um, we're really pushing forward. We we do have what we could say is a movement, but all movements become fractured and splintered as they grow as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we've I think, seen, and we've seen that, haven't we? Yes. We've seen sort of infighting, a bit of meanness as well, sort of in a way. You know, if we can't support each other, how, how are other people going to support us? Especially if we're quite sensitive, I think, 
on the whole, we're a pretty sensitive bunch for the things you've said, Lee, that, you know, past experiences were more likely to be bullied in school. Our self-esteem could be a little bit rocky, you know, and then we can be horrible to each other, right? Yeah. What's that about? Theo, did you want to say something? I, I was just going to say, uh, it seems what I tend to get a sense of as well is that it's um, my well-being is like more important than anybody else's. It like supersedes and therefore... It's not just my well-being, but my lived experience is more important than anybody else. Or my, sometimes I get the sense of that. And in a, in a community of people that may hurt or may feel that they have been subject to uh, being marginalised, being system impacted negatively, um, being treated poorly, that then I think, but historically, and this plays into the medical paradigm around broken need fixing, we've fallen into a trap of we are broken and mm. therefore that is that becomes like the rhetoric and mm. the problem is we do need to look after ourselves before we can look after anybody else but if we're looking after ourselves uh, at the cost of anybody else then that's where i fear it has about it and somebody is drilling outside <laughs> yeah <laughs> no I don't... martin's just making the comment if one of us suffers we all do and i think you know i think it is about being sensitive to the impact we can be critical but we need to be kind as well, you know. Yeah, I think it, it, one of the things that I see is that in the passion to make a difference, mm. firstly, people don't always appreciate their own interoception and really monitor, you know, how they're getting on. Like, I have a chart on my wall here, and obviously I could spin the webcam around and you can see it, but I have to monitor my energy levels to know how many how, how much i've got to be able to push towards things on a daily basis and i can see when the trend starts to dip that i have to i have to manage what i do um and yeah. allow myself that time to kind of come back up uh that in itself is, is a challenge and i've had to build that self-awareness over years but obviously when you're passionate about something it's easy to kind of kind of just suppress that suppress that mm -hmm. kind of feeling because you're doing something that's meaningful you're doing something that's purposeful really a lot of neurodivergent individuals feel like it's time we change the world and we change the world together but changing the world hey. is a massive task and the sad reality is when you start to see people fall into fall into arguments where actually they are not only kind of damaging their own well-being but the damaging well-being of the people they're arguing with as well and sometimes, again, you know, communication is very typical and we're not always able to see, especially because, you know, that, you know, neurodivergent individuals are so different as well. Um, our lived experience is just one dimension of it. Uh, and sometimes we can, you know, feel that is a version of the truth that actually is only our version of the truth as well. And I think there is a, you know, I think we have our own responsibilities. So, you know, I like your, you know, your energy barometer, you know, because I think sometimes, and that's something I've had to learn over the years, which is something might have happened six to 12 months ago that's filled my, I use a bucket, a stress bucket as a mm -hmm. sort of metaphor for that. And six to 12 months ago, something's happened, you know, something, a major life events happened. And why today do I feel like I do? Why is it now that I'm not coping? And how do I feel when I'm not coping, learning those signs when things are starting to go like your bucket's full rather than waiting for it to all overflow, you know? And I, th I think we we need to do that with each other so to help each other to become 
generally more self-aware that we recognize I know my sleep goes a bit off you know I get my neck I get headaches there are signs that I know right these days that I need to just pull back right and I think we all need to share that as a community is that self-awareness to help people that they don't get into that spot of that because I see that up crash burn up crash and it's so damaging it's damaging to your self-esteem and your confidence and you have to and, and we're horrible at saying no to things. We really are. You know, I think it's that bit you said. We come from a place where um, the past has been difficult. It's been challenging. We're not sure about who we are and our self-confidence. So we better say yes. Because if yeah. we don't, then people might criticise us or make think we're less than, you know. Yeah, and rejection, rejection is difficult depending on, you know, your kind of... We all have a kind of a level of rejection that... No human likes rejection. But for some of the community, rejection is incredibly difficult. Very. And we kind of must to survive. Mm. And, mm. you know, sometimes those boundaries that we have to try and create are actually quite challenging because we have that masking flexibility to sometimes flex boundaries beyond what are healthy for us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just presents such a challenge because especially as, you know, we kind of, start to hit more of a, a a world where we can start to find that find our identity beyond the masking as things become a little bit more neuroinclusive, especially in spaces where we do feel safer more psychologically to do so we start to get clear on who we are but also there's a process of I mean when I when I got a diagnosis I kind of refer to it as being both liberating and frightening mm-hmm. and I had like an element of grief before yeah. I had an element of freedom. Um, yeah. You see that grief cycle, don't you? Obviously, with yeah. anger, um, you know, different emotions. It really is like a grief cycle, I think, for lots of people when they get diagnosed, you know. Yeah, um, and it creates reflection points and rumination points. Mm-hmm. And we have to delve into that past and unpack aspects to kind of get a, a, a newer understanding of how we can actually be, you know, authentically ourselves. Which um, you, you, you're saying authentically ourselves. I think we've got to be cautious. I'm, I'm writing yeah. something at the moment all around being your authentic self. So it's it's a press the button for me. Yes. Because I think the challenge is what does that really mean, right? Because there mm-hmm. are boundaries. If we go authentic self, and that means I can be as rude as hell to anybody because that's me and I'm just going to be it. We've got the consequences of that, which is you could hurt somebody. You know, so do you want to be... What, what what does that mean, really? You know, do you know what I mean? Uh, where are the boundaries of behaviour that yes. doesn't mean you can just say what you like when you like it? Yeah, and, and I feel that sometimes kind of authenticity can be weaponized. It can. As, as a way to for me to be exactly how I want to be, yes. not necessarily how I am. No. And, you know, we all have our own self-concepts, and I think that, especially again when you get an adult diagnosis what you end up doing is you end up going into your past and trying to unpick what was me masking and what was me trying to be myself and that's quite an intensive exercise it's quite it's quite scary and the truth is the world will still say oh you turn up and be be who you are bring your whole self to work but not that that bit that one as well. These are sort of, you know, it's like, you know, we're on a journey. These are phrases that people bandy around, but I'm not sure what they actually mean, you know, and I'm worried about because where people have brought their authentic self to work, they've lost their jobs, right? Mm-hmm. So when people go, stand up, say who you are, you need to be who you are. 
we're in a situation in, in companies and organizations where people are not ready for some of that stuff. And if you do, you've got to be careful of the ramifications as well. And then if you do that because you're proud and you're pleased of who you are and you've come to terms with who you are, then you lose your job. Wow. That's a real, you know, that doesn't that hurts, doesn't it? It really does. I, I don't have answers to this, but I just think I think our community is trying to measure that. And we've got to be careful about companies saying bring your authentic self to work. Because if other people don't understand what that is, it could be damaging. You know, it's about those engagement pieces. It's finding allies, isn't it? It's yeah. Finding- one, of, one of the biggest challenges before Theo jumps in is that <laughs> if you if you if you go from you know, ex- pretty much fully masking to fully yourself. Mm. Other people feel like it's a tidal wave. Mm. Mm. People feel like you suddenly switched a button and you changed. When you've hidden and, it, you've been hiding it, you've been you're hiding who you really are. Well, you so have. You, because not been, you, you know, what, what's the, the people start to say? You know, who is the who yes. is the real you? Yeah. Was it the real you that I knew, or is it is it is it the the version you are now? What and I suppose because awareness of masking is so low, mm. people might actually think the more you become who you feel most comfortable in internally mm-hmm. might actually be you acting. Yes. <laughs> and yes. Create, creates confusion and dissonance in other people who don't get it. <laughs> so you, you've got like multiple players in the in the play. Who are you today? You know, today yeah. I am, you know. But also, so I interviewed yesterday um, uh, two people, a manager and employee. She had undiagnosed, or she she's autistic. We're struggling for the word. She's autistic, and she didn't know, right? And through these experiences of the two of them working together, he realised because his wife's a teacher, and he was mentioning some of these things. And then he eventually plucked up the courage to ask her because he cared for it. It was her first job out of university. She had a first forestry um a Bangor university one of the best universities for the for this type of degree and basically what happened is he started to support her at a masking and she was getting seizures and she said said in the interview i guess teachers so he knew about that but the seizures started to get worse and one thing that he researched is that seizures are more common in in girls uh, who are autistic right and what happened is they went on a journey together. Now, the amazing thing is she no longer gets seizures, right? That's the long story short, which is mind-blowing. But... I can tell you what seizures she's got then afterwards. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because he said the confusing thing about the seizures was he's a rugby player. He'd seen a lot of seizures in the past, and these did not reflect what he saw. So that was confusing for him as well. Um, But the, the really fascinating thing for me is when we talk about masking and lifting a mask, one is young people are still developing who they are. So Mm -hmm. that's a tricky one. You're asking them if they come into the workplace to remove their mask because Mm -hmm. they know they're autistic, then wait a minute, they haven't even developed who they actually are. I think about when I was 20, I'm I'm just about getting in my 40s to who I am now. Like, I think I might now know who I am. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the advocacy work and everything else or just, that's an it, like around this age, yeah. you're kind of like, evolution, variety, or you just know who you are, one or the other. I don't know what, not many people do that, right? But <laughs> it's, um, but so, um, it, it's that thing that happens, right? Um, at some point in your life where you really know who you are. But this two people, the big thing that happened is he started to realize that he was masking as well. 
because he was this big, burly rugby player, cricket guy, you know, tree fella. When we realized actually he's a very sensitive soul. And he was telling her, you need to, you, it's okay for you to cry. It's okay for you to need time out. It's okay for you to be yourself. It's okay for you to tell me you don't know what to eat tonight or you're, you're not sure whether you've showered in the last week. All of that is okay. And then he was like, but I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. So when we talk about taking the mask off or understand connecting to our well-being, right? We're not just talking about the ND community. Are we all right? Are we ready for everybody starting to go, well, maybe I'm going to be a bit more of myself. And sometimes, like we said, that will be good. That will be the big burly guy going, actually, I'm quite sensitive and I've got these kids and I'm kidding. And, I, you know, I do a lot of chat. And I, or it could be, actually, I've been like pushing down all this, uh, uh, you know, pent up aggression and anger and, and I, and I need to go on a journey of letting that out. So, I, you know, I find that fascinating. It's not just about, again, it's not just about me. I am. It, like the impact of this will go across teams, organizations. Yeah, there's a very intersectional aspect to it, Theo, where firstly, you know, kind of the mental health and well-being awareness that has been generated. I mean, 10 years ago, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't talk about this kind of thing. And now we start to get some level of awareness around it, but the support systems and structures are, are still, are still, you know, in their infancy, are, are not been invested in, and you know, like the the the, the prevalence is increased significantly, uh, just in the general population uh, of people becoming more aware, but also becoming, you know, really the you know being impacted by numerous facets. There's also the consideration that. You know, I think everyone is on an awareness journey somewhere. And also when it comes to understanding who you are, it's often the experiences that you go through that help you and support you to do that as you kind of gradually chisel away at you. But it can take, you know, it can take years to have that. And I think my struggles at university were so much of them were focused around this idea that, you know, you make an adolescent adult transition. So you're supposed to kind of know who you are by now. I just didn't. <laughs> yeah. but most people don't. Your brain's changing hugely between sort of 11 and 25. If you're neurodivergent, it continues to change. You know, it's it's not surprising that we're not sure who we are. But I think that's one of the things is sort of being able to talk about this a bit more openly and be honest to say sometimes I struggle, you know, and that can be really hard just to to, to vocalize. That. And you're rightly, it's it's young men we're seeing you know men talking about their mental health far more than you know than we did a generation ago people wouldn't have talked about it we're seeing it talked about in the workplace it is all in we only got one brain so it's actually as about as all you know? mm -hmm. we don't have a neurodivergent mental health brain and a, and a you know and a, a, a men neurotypical in that sense of the world around us has an impact on how we respond and what's happened to us in the past as an effect the other bit is i suppose how you repair the when you're having challenges and many of us will have had that through our lives in different ways is learning and celebrating the fact that maybe you've you've gained resilience as well you know so there is a taking something positive from some of those times sometimes is helpful to go how have I grown you know Theo's saying he's now an adult you know so that's good Theo. <laughs> yeah well I think it's powerful for you when you share stories of you know your journey from 
you know, being a teenager and some of the judgments that you faced. And interestingly, we, we all have the capacity to kind of grow through the trauma that we've faced. Mm-hmm. If you look like deeper into the ND community, you realize that we're, we've all faced a fair amount of trauma, um, for, you know, the, those adverse childhood experiences. And, you know, those, those are kind of shifted through into adult life in a world that generally invalidates you because you don't fit the typical norm. Um, and systems and structures are built around that. So you spent your whole life being bounced out of things. Uh, and there is there is like a, there are, there are some challenges around, you know, feeling like you can attach and some of the traumatic elements too. But it's also looking and for every individual that I meet, I see the adaptability and resilience that has been fostered because of that. Um, and it's quite often that adaptability and resilience which drives the movement. Yeah, it um, is. It is. It is. It's like this has happened to me, and I'm going to go for it now because I want this to change. Is that sort of energy? And I think it's that balance between being energized and being enthusiastic and not getting exhausted mm-hmm. by it, and that having a damaging effect. And that in the community, I see a bit of that going on where people are really going for it full whack because they they've had those experiences. You know, we're here because we've had personal experiences of a whole variety of things. I think about my teenage years, my, you know, late teenage years, early 20s. If yeah. I'd known or understood, it would have made a complete difference. Well, one thing I think you probably see, Amanda, and I see this as well, especially for women who are diagnosed in the 30s and 40s, yeah. suddenly that diagnosis, it allows them to take the handbrake off. It allows them to literally release all that suppression yeah, And that's incredibly powerful because if I look at the neurodivergent women that I know, if they sat around the table at like the G7, like yeah. most of our problems would be solved as a species. Oh, I agree. You know, like, you really. We could like, save the world. We really could. I mean, it's an interesting thing because I'm, I'm just writing this reflective piece at the moment about the authentic self. And I was reading around perfectionism, right? And there is a, um, and I think this is a, perfectionism is a problem, right? Because if you, you can't get, and, it, and I was reading an interesting research paper looking about perfectionism and, and prevarication. So mm-hmm. in people who get ADHD, often we can't get off the starting blocks, you know. Yeah. And I think that amongst our community, we have a high level of stand. We set a high standard for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes we can't reach. So we're always disappointed in ourselves. You know, we're never quite good enough. Yeah. I, I wonder whether those perfectionist traits are really damaging for us. And maybe that's because of our past of we never quite did what others wanted us to do as well. Yeah, and I think if I look at it, Amanda, what what happens is in that particular scenario, our floor becomes our ceiling. Yeah. And we become trapped by our own kind of expectations Mm -hmm. and the reality that perfection, you know, perfection Mm. isn't isn't attainable. Uh, But also that it not only does it feel that then our floors are ceiling and we've got no space to move. Yeah. But it also stops us being able to see progress. Yeah, that incremental small yeah. progress that's so valuable to being able to celebrate that and understand what we've gained rather than looking at the gap to where we want to be. I agree. Um, I think that's a really good point is that sometimes when you're in the middle of the weeds, you can't see actually where you've come from, where you are now. Wow, amazing growth. But we're so overwhelmed we can't actually see it so I think that's a really and I love that yeah our floor becomes our ceiling is that your quote Lee because I'll be quoting you that that is amazing I love that 
That's how I just see it in my head. If you no, it's great. I'm going to quote Lee Chambers said, right? I'll probably yeah, it's there. It's there, and we've locked it down. We can have images of it and everything. (laughs) You copyright it today, Lee. All right. I just want to um, number of points there that I'm picking up on that made me think um, when we're talking about girls, women. I think about my daughter in the future, and I think about the challenges, and I think about masking and everything that we've just discussed there. Um, and we link it back to well-being, Lee. If we think a lot of people, right, will not just go into work, not just now run their own businesses, not just feel like they're failing every day because they floor the ceiling, right? But also, we have relationships, we have families, we have maybe husbands or wives and children. And somebody posted something the other day about being an autistic dad, and you no longer have space to be autistic like almost like you can't you don't you can't look after your own well-being because you can't say to your kids like at night when i'm trying to get my daughter to bed i can't well i do actually start to say it now last night uh, at past nine when i still couldn't get it to bed i said bethan it's not just your well-being it's mine and mm. i'm struggling at the moment and you're struggling and you're not going to sleep and i've not eaten yet and and we ended up hugging and i said i love you but you need to understand this is two way it's not just all you now this, this kind of thing that we have to do as human beings to mask, we are doing as, as people, leaders, whether you want to call us within the space, right? Advocating. Yeah. I saw Christine and Paddy McGuinness on TV, mm-hmm. three autistic children struggling, and she turned around when she got that public diagnosis, if anybody saw it, and when live on, or what, not live, but on the TV says, Paddy went, oh, you know, um, uh, he was kind of reeling about it. And then she basically said to him, Paddy, I've always masked with you. Mm-hmm. And, and like, just thinking about everything we've just discussed on women and, and showing your authentic self or whatever it is, like that, the reality in that relationship with three children, a life together, one partner telling the other, when they got the diagnosis and realisation of they, they are normal, they are normal, right? They're not not normal. They are mm-hmm. typical in their life and world. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. But, but to tell their partner, I'd not be me with you ever. Now, yeah. now think about that concept for every single person who works in the community, their families, their connections, their friends. How many of us has maybe never felt like we've been, not just us at work, but us full stop. And then, like, and I'm seeing so many people, relationship, everything are breaking down. Um, people saying stuff they wish they had like uh, I know that sorry I'm, I'm, I'm like but but this is the reality of it right Lee so just I'm gonna pick this boulder up I've just created and just kind of throw it to you to get your thoughts yeah so I mean it, it's such a big thing it sits alongside self-care being perfect out in the world how it's projected back to us yeah. it sits alongside you know very typical relationship standards like it's still expected that we, if you kind of look out at the world and think, I want to educate myself on relationships and how to, you know, form, you know, romantic relationships, friendships, workplace friendships, and you look, it's all based around typical communication, mm-hmm. typical social, mm-hmm. you know, reciprocation. Uh and if you to go out and actually try and learn about it, you will you will learn a system that makes you mask. 
But we, we're, we're all masking to an extent. To an extent, We're yeah. all masking to an extent. You know, I think as women, if we go sort of intersectional, if we were women going into the workplace, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I remember going into meetings and I needed to wear heels. I didn't want to wear heels. I needed to wear a dress that I looked corporate, you know, I had to have that. Yeah, you know, do you know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> you had to have that and you need to behave in a certain sort of way. And I think we all do that in different settings to, and it's a survival mechanism. And it's a circle, isn't it? Because... That's the way people expect you. So that's the way you behave. That's the way you behave because that's why people expect it. And the pressure on you, and we do that as parents, you know, there's an expectation of how we sit and eat at the meals and how we, uh, you know, and the pressure comes often from family members around us that says, you're not doing it the way, you know, we did it. And then you, you, we mask in lots of ways, partly to fit in in the school gate, partly to fit in, you know, it's it's a survive it's been a survival mechanism because if you don't fit in you fall out and if you're fallen out you're out of the cave you're in the you know in the sticks in the wild and and it's broadening what typical what normal is our normal in our family is not anybody else's i probably you know <laughs> do you know what i mean we're a hugely neurodivergent family that's so that's my normal right but it's about making people aware that that's okay to do those different things. And it goes back to what is what is perfect? How do we perceive perfection? Are we designing ourselves to fit in? I don't know. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, it's complex. And there's a beauty in the complexity. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I just try and, and go through life, ultimately trying to understand and become self-aware of who I am, mm. become more aware of how my actions impact others. Yeah. And really try to, I suppose, amplify the care and the compassion that I have for the world. Because if there's one thing, you know, that, that is something that I feel very heightened within. And I think that's, if you look at some of the well, the typical misconceptions and myths around being ND, so many of them are, you know, based off just, again, like one dimension. You know, it, it's not a spectrum, it's a prism and it's 4d if there is such a thing is there such a thing as 4d yeah. <laughs> well yeah, yeah. There's, there's, we can have as many dimensions as we want amanda um whew, yes <laughs> um but more than ever i think you know we have to look after each other as a community i think that you know yeah. if we're gonna all old movements can make change but yeah. movements require require that kindness yes. and i think like Ella says, you know, the world isn't binary. No. We might, we might code things in zeros and ones, but as humans, we are every single combination of numbers you could ever imagine um, and create. In fact, we created numbers. Humans did. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. And I, I was doing something. I was looking at the number of different factors of different variations we could be just based on six different neurodivergent types and then subtypes and it came to a million that was just that that didn't include extra anxiety epilepsy or anything you know so we are hugely it didn't include you know, yeah it's millions millions isn't it of different variations i right. think what you've said is really important though Lee. we've got to be kind compassionate and care about each other because if we don't what what is the community all about yeah, and there's just one sports final thing that mm. has been quite important on my journey, but I feel it's important for everyone to consider, is that we are always going to be ourselves, our biggest experiment. 
Mm. And because we are all bio-individual and unique, mm -hmm. what works for one person's well-being might not necessarily work for yours. Yes. And we live in a world where, you know, they say, right, okay, so be mindful. And that is about being still and meditating. That works for some people. For other people, <laughs> their mindfulness is incredibly active, incredibly creative. That's yeah. when they are in the present moment. That's when they are. And it's like, you know, self-care isn't what it's sold to you as. Self-care yeah. is an experiment to find what helps you care for yourself, what re-energizes you, you know, what 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 creates a resonance within you. Because yeah. Yeah. there's a massive beauty in being unique. But we've actually got to experiment to find what that is to find what doesn't work for us yeah also to find what does and I think that's lovely it's the honesty to say that we're going to make we're going to it's experiment you know we're doing a big world life experiment aren't we really and all we can do is work out the bits that have worked better and, and avoid the bits in the future that haven't worked so well you know and we're all going through that aren't we nobody we're all still on this overworked word a journey but that Thank you, Lee. I think your words are wise. They really are. And really, and thank you for what you're doing in the community and outside the community as well. We appreciate everything you're doing. We really do. Um, you're, Absolutely. You know, and I'm going to take away your phrase and quote you heavily. But evermore. <laughs> I'm going to live by that. I'm going to, yeah, whenever I'm feeling like I'm really struggling to get over it, I, 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 that just thinking about that concept um that the the floor is becoming my ceiling it's it's like wow like when you just it's think that about pressure. it it's that pressure I can't yeah. put my one foot in front of the other how am i going to climb the mountain it's just yeah, yeah. so brilliant. thank you thank you and we'll definitely have you back again <laughs> for more wise words thank you very much um and thank you to everybody this morning you know yeah, did you want to come in? Yeah, just going to say thank you, everybody, for joining us. Another great session. Um, and you can find this on your podcast host of choice because I upload it as well as being able to um, rewind and watch it as a LinkedIn Live on LinkedIn or on YouTube or on uh, Facebook as well on my channel, on your diversity with Theo Smith. Um, thank you. Have a great weekend. And we shall see you again next week, same time. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Thank, thank you. you very much. And cut. <laughs>